0: Hey guys, welcome to the fifth episode of the player's lounge, the tennis podcast that focuses on the mental aspect of the game. My name is Jennifer Megan. I am a former professional tennis player and I created this podcast because I wanted a place for tennis players where they can find tools and concrete advice on how to improve their mental toughness so they can reach their full potential. A couple of days ago, Novak Djokovic spoke about how back in 2010, he was ready to quit tennis because he felt that he will never perhaps reach the level of Federer and Nadal. At the time, he had lost in the quarterfinal of the French Open against Jurgen Melzer and he felt quite desperate, said that he was seeing everything in black and he really uh, didn't feel like he could make it. What's interesting with this story is that it's 2010. He had already won a Grand Slam back in 2008, yet he didn't feel good enough. He was this very talented young player. I think he was around 22, 23 at the time. And yet he still didn't feel good enough. And. This is what I want to talk about because what's interesting in that story is that after that he said that actually expressing this helped him to free himself. And then after that, we all know what happened. The rest is history. And this is what I want to talk about today. The feeling of not being good enough and how it can affect you and how you can have a very big impact, how I can literally make or break a career. And I want to start with a personal story. When I was 14 years old, I was training for nationals, and I remember that very vividly because at the time, I was not the best player in the nation, but I had the belief that on any given day, I could actually beat anyone, and nationals were approaching. And it was on clay, which was my best court. I loved playing on clay. And I had an okay season. Not exciting, but not bad either. And I really felt that if I put in the work, I had a really good shot at the title. So I'm there, I'm training, I'm grinding, and I really feel like I'm playing well. And I was with my coach at the time I was training at the national camp. And we were just doing a session. And really, I remember I was sweating. Everything was... Amazing. I was like, my gosh, like if I play like this in nationals, I have a shot. And then we stopped the drill. We went to pick up the balls and my coach asked me, so Jennifer, what is your goal for nationals? And me full of confidence, I said, well, I'm, I'm going there to win because if I don't think that I can win, there's no way I may as well stay at home. My coach seemed surprised. He paused, looked at me and said, huh, okay, but do you know that such and such had a really good season and they are actually like the real contenders for the title? I said, yes, but still I think that on any given day I can maybe beat them. He's like, yeah, but they've been really consistent. And you know, there is also this person that actually um is being you know has been doing really well and then what i felt inside i felt exposed i felt ashamed i was like oh my gosh like without aiming f- too high and i kind of went back in that defensive mode and i said okay well I- if i make it to semi-final i guess it will be a good result and then he goes oh yeah and there's, there's also this girl you know, and then you remember, actually, you played her because you, you lost to her in the quarterfinal. The title she won it was a national tournament. And I and then I was like, OK, so quarterfinal. And then he said, oh, yeah, quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good and reasonable uh, objective. And I'm sure you can make it to quarterfinal. I felt so bad that day. And, and 20 years later, I still can feel how bad I felt because I thought, if my own coach doesn't believe in myself, I mean, then what is the point? And then when I went to national that year, I remember I put so much pressure because I was like, I need to prove him wrong. I need to prove, ev- to prove every everyone wrong. I need to win. I need to do this. I put so much pressure that I could not even see the court <laughs> I could not even play correctly and I lost the match before the round before the quarterfinals needless to say that after that the shame that I felt the guilt that I felt and the anger and resentment that I felt not only towards my coach because I felt like he was trying to put me down but more, suspe- more especially I was feeling ashamed and angry at myself because I felt that I let myself down, that I did not prove them wrong, that they were right to not think that I could do anything great, and then I should never have such a high goal ever again, or at least not saying out loud, because the disappointment was way too high and way too hard on myself. The difference that there is between me and Novak Djokovic, I mean, except the 17 grand sum titles and the countless titles in between, is that even in that moment, back in 2010, when he felt that he was not good enough, it still, he still had that inner belief in himself that maybe he could actually pass that and he had the the strength to keep going. And I've explained in a previous episode, I did actually a full episode on uh, Novak Djokovic mental toughness and how he built it from an early age. So if you haven't listened to it, you can go and, and check it out because I really explained how he built brick by brick this mental toughness and, that, and that's the reason why he's so strong today. Unlike him, I did not have that. I had it when I started playing, but little by little, I let people's perception take control of the way I was perceiving myself. I was thinking that because they were coaches, they knew better. And and also, I grew up in the In the 90s, you know, when you had all those sports movies like Rocky and where you have always this underdog and doesn't really believe in himself. And then you have the coach and he's like, hey, I believe in you, kid, and we're going to do it. And I subconsciously, although I still love those movies, I subconsciously was always waiting for that person to come and kind of save me in a way and say, Jennifer, I believe in you, you can do it. But the truth is only you know how far you can go. I will say that again. Only you know how far you can go because don't get it twisted. A lot of naysayers will come as you're playing. And they will tell you, oh, no, this one is not good enough. Oh, I don't think this one can make it. But then the question is like, how the hell do they know? They're not fortune tellers. And this is something that I think we need to keep in mind. Because we put so much um, value in other people's opinion that we forget to build our own perception of ourselves and I know that there's a lot of shame you know going on not just in sports not just on the internet but in the world in general because when we have goals and we don't make it we like oh what what other people are going to say and we tend to shrink because we believe that if we are we have big goals and we don't make it right away people are going to make fun of us and we're going to lose faith We're going to lose like, oh, we're going to look like fools in front of the world. But let me tell you something. At that time, when I was 14 years old, even after losing the tournament, even after not winning the championship, I should have not, you know, reacted this way. Because who cares if I didn't win that championship? I should have just carried on and improved. Now, of course, you know, 20 years later with, with more wisdom, uh, I can say that, but for the young players who might be listening, I want you to, and other, and also for other players, I really want you to understand something that you are in charge of your mind. You are in charge of your dream and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And I'm also telling you something about people who might say negative things about you. You have to start evaluating who is talking to you. And I'm not saying that in a diminishing way for people who are giving you criticism. I'm not saying that everyone who gives you like negative feedback is has bad intention because a lot of times it comes from a place of hurt you have people who tried to be good at something yet didn't make it and feel that in order to protect people that they love, they have to say, okay, if I shatter his dream or her dream, he or she will not feel the pain that I did, that I had. And the truth is, Everyone has his own story, his own journey. And you cannot decide for, and people cannot decide for you, how you're going to live your life. And a very good advice that a friend gave me once when someone said something to me, it was negative And I took it very personally and I was very angry. And then he told me, look, you know what? I'm going to tell you something instead of being mad at the person Ask yourself why you are pissed off. If I tell you that you're a dog, you're not going to believe it. You're going to say it's nonsense. But if I tell you, you are not good enough, or you suck at something, and you get angry, is it because deep down you might feel that way, you might feel actually that you're not good enough, and that that person had just like exposed your insecurity. Let that sink in for a second, and I feel I feel like this actually is very empowering because it gives us the opportunity to reverse the way we interact with other people. And there is also something that illustrates this advice my friend gave me. There is a movie that I really love, uh, which is called this very famous movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, and for those who haven't seen the movie, it's based on the true story of this guy, Chris Garner, who is struggling financially, but is chasing this dream to become a big broker in uh, Wall Street yet he has the money he has to take to take a free internship for months and he's living with his son who's very young and i mean it, it's really amazing in the, in a the sense that there is that scene where wilson is with his son and they are playing basketball and then he asks this, his kid what do you want to do when you are when you grow up and he says oh i want to be a basketball player And he's so excited and then the dad starts to say, Oh, you know, it's very hard and you might not be able to make it because if you are built like your father, like I was an average player and it's very hard and then start to say those things. And then he sees that his kid gets upset and stop and stop playing because it's like, well, there's no point. And then he's like, okay, you know what? Don't never let tell, don't never let anybody tell you that you're not good at something. And he explained how people who can do something tell others that they cannot do because they actually have that, they're trying to project their own fear onto others and he finishes with this very powerful sentence and he says, if you want something, go get it, period. And I think the first time I saw it, it really resonated with me because it put me back to that episode with my coach when he was like, oh, you know, you have so many people who are better than you kind of thing. And that I didn't react, but it was really, it's a very powerful scene. I think you can find it everywhere on YouTube. Really, it's just like type the positive happiness scene and you will find it. It's like 20 seconds. But my point is, you have to be in charge of your dream he always talk he also talks about it in the movie that you have to protect your dream and by protecting your dream it means that you have to be responsible for doing what is needed in order to make sure that your mind is focused on what you have to accomplish on what you want to accomplish another thing that I would like to share with you when it comes to feeling not good enough is that nothing is fixed. What I mean by this is that you might feel, you might actually not be good enough at the moment you might, and it's not about not being good enough. Is that at the moment? And I really insist, insist on at the moment. You might not have the skills to achieve what you want, but it doesn't have to stay this way. It doesn't have to be like this forever. You can always improve. And I will share another story and it comes from, I mean, I think probably you've seen it on the internet because it's been going on a lot, especially, uh, it's from the late uh, Kobe, Bryant, Kobe Bryant, which to me is one of the greatest who's ever done sport. It's not just basketball, it's like anything. And he had this, we all talked about the, the member mentality, but he shared a story that I think is very relevant, especially for young players. He explained that when he was 18 years old, and he was playing national television and he missed, I think it was four or five shots and like, and it was really bad. And, and then everyone was like, Oh my gosh, like, can you recover from that? And he said, of course I can recover from this because there is something that people need to understand is that at the end of the day, we are not that important and we kind of need to get over ourselves. I know it sounds a bit harsh, but the truth is you might feel ashamed in that moment and you might feel like the whole world is watching you, but the truth is everyone has his own problems, especially at the moment, the the times we're living. Everyone is struggling and you kind of have to get up and carry on. And then Kobe Bryant says, So what I did is that instead of like hiding in a hole and feeling that I could never make it and blah, 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 I went back and I watched those, I watched the tape. And what I saw was that all the air shots that I did, they were in line. They were just short. So the lesson from that was that I needed to get stronger. I need to have better legs, meaning I need to work harder. And he continues saying that at the time I was trained to play 35 games like I was doing in high school, but I had to build myself in order to be able to play 80 plus games per season. And we all know what happened in the next 20 years. And we all know the legacy that he had left behind, not only on not only in basketball, but in the world in general, the legacy of greatness and excellence that he had, yeah, that what he's done, I mean, he he was incredible. And it's it's still hard to talk about him in the past because his, his aura is still very present. What I'm trying to say is that if you know where you're going, And it always goes back to what is your vision? Are you clear about your vision? If yes, you should not be worried about those temporary losses that you might take in front of like few people who might be watching and commenting. So what? You know exactly where you're going. And when you know where you're going, you become unstoppable because you put in the work because you have the focus because you have the intention and because every single match that you're doing is data for what you're trying to achieve. You start to become analytical. You move yourself from the emotional, uh, drain. That is that, Oh, I lost that match. That means that I will never make it. No, 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 no. What can I learn from that win? But more importantly, what can I learn from that loss? It's a, it's a very important training that you can, uh, you can work on. And for those who, who are not clear about their vision, for those who might be doubting themselves, because let me tell you, it's hard. I mean, I was not able to do it. I was not able to, to have that confidence But I want you to have it. I want you to have the strength, the mental strength that I didn't have in order to to reach your potential because I believe it's possible if you know how to do it, if you have the tools. And for those who don't have the tools, for those who don't know, let me tell you how it works. You need to reprogram your brain. I know it sounds very scientific, but it's not that... uh, rocket science, not rocket science. It's quite easy in the sense that what you need is consistency. So how do you rebrain you? How do you uh, reprogram your brain? Ask yourself questions. Am I willing to put in the work and the way to know is by observing people who are doing it, people who are successful because we. Sometimes don't have an idea. I see a lot of people saying, oh, I want to be big, but are you putting the work? And, oh, I think so. But what does it mean to put the work? So start actually looking for people who are thriving for excellence and, and mimic their habits. Question, are you comparing yourself to others? And this is something that we do a lot. And this is terrible especially in tennis i know how it is oh this person won this oh you beat this player oh so you playing against this player oh, oh i beat her so there's no way you can lose you know what? when people do that oh yeah you're playing this girl oh my gosh she's so bad there's no way there's no way you can lose to her or oh, there's no way you can lose to him it puts you in a spot because what if you lose to that player this has happened to me and you feel like horrible but when you stop engaging in those type of conversation, you will see that it's a a big weight lifted off your shoulders. And just look at Nadal. I mean, it's like, he's really like a good example of that. When he plays, especially at the French Open, when he's like the ultra-favorite, first round, no matter who he plays, he always says, it's going to be a very tough match. I have to come. Uh, I'm not going to do the accent because, Okay. But you get it. It's going to be a very tough match and I need to try, okay, I did it. I need to try my best to make sure that I come hundred percent. Otherwise I will lose. And a lot of times I hear the commentator says, oh, look at, he's always saying this, yes, because he knows. And that's one, that's why he's one of the greatest because he takes every, everyone seriously and he just come, he comes to the court to do his job and to do it to the best of his ability. One of the things that I also want to share is that for those who might not have people around or will be in, who are in environments in which there is a lot of negativity, I empathize with you more than you might think, because I know I it's difficult. We live in a formidable era in which you have so many resources available to you for free so i recommend you to get some what i like to call virtual mentors and what i call virtual mentors is people online on youtube there's billions of hours on motivation and i want you to start watching these people so you can counterbalance the negative thoughts because the truth is a lot of times this negative voice that you hear in your head it's not even yours so ask yourself whose voice is this is it my voice is it my coaches is it my parents and then when you start to understand that those negative comments they don't come from you they have less weight they're not as powerful but they are still there of course so you need to counterbalance them with a lot of positive messages and how you do that, you watch content you st- and you do like this reverse brainwashing in which you're just listening that positive c- content over and over and over and s- until this start to take over the negative noise. And when you start to actually create your own voice through this positive content, when it comes to uh recommendation i think that people should explore they should explore because what might work for me might not work for you but just to give you some some uh, people i like to watch i'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, gary Vaynerchuk. i mean he's an entrepreneur he's not an athlete but his outlook on life to me is good for anyone who strive to be successful and, and she's a lot about yourself and, but it's not for everybody. I'm, I'm will not, I think some people might find him too much in the, in your face. So, but for me, it works. Um, I like to watch also, uh, Lisa Nichols was motivational, motivational speaker. And, uh, and I think that what's interesting is that when you start exploring all these people you will understand that on some days you need something different you don't you don't always go to the same people and that's very interesting I mean I, I really invite you to explore and to watch as many people as possible but if there is one channel that I would recommend uh, to start if you really lost and you have no idea it's this uh, channel YouTube channel created by um, Evan Carmichael which is called 10 rules for Success and I like this one because it portrays a lot of people and from every background, from sports, business, art, you name it. And to me, that's quite interesting because then you have a very large panel of people with different type of, um, type of outlook on life. And it kind of gives you a a large, uh, like I said, large panel to, to kind of taste and see what you like and what you don't like, what type of motivation you like, what what doesn't work for you. So I will start there if really you had no idea. But you can also just look at the players that you like, the people you're inspired by and just check out interviews. But really, like you have to rebrand your brain. Literally, literally re- like brainwash it, but with positive thoughts, because this is what is going to help you to reach your, your full potential. Okay. In order to summarize this episode, which was more like a opinion piece. And I, I felt very inspired because it's a, uh, it's a topic that, uh, is very dear to my heart and I, and I think this is mainly why I started this, uh, this podcast to To help people, because I know that I didn't have that um strength to to overcome my negative thoughts and or you know and to be too affected by the naysayers and I f- always feel that if I can help one person to start a conversation with himself or with herself i'm winning, so to summarize, I will say that. Um, naysayers only have the power that you want to give them. You are in charge of your dream. You are in charge of your goal. And your responsibility is to literally protecting this by building your mindset to to become successful. And when I mean successful, it's not necessarily to mean like, winning Grand Slam, but it's like being successful at life. What are you aspire to be? What type of person you want to be? And what are the values and and what do you want to, what type of value do you want to fight for? And usually it comes together. Nothing is temporary. It's not because you don't have the skills now that means that you're not good enough. It just means that you need to work on them. So just roll up your, your sleeve. Like Kobe said, get over yourself, it's not that deep, and get back to work. And again, to finish, surround yourself with greatness. If it's not from people around you, surround yourself with virtual mentors. There is, a pl- There are plenty mentors out there, people who can inspire you to, to become the best version of yourself. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't hesitate to subscribe and, uh, I guess I'll talk to you next time. Remember you are good enough. You're great. So go get it period. Bye.